Hello and welcome to the CPA Perspective Podcast powered by Evolve Now, the future of accounting content. Evolve Now offers insights into the many areas of the accounting profession with daily videos and provides CPE credit for taking courses that teach you the skills necessary to become an advisor of the future. Hello and welcome to our flagship episode of the CPA Perspective Podcast. Brought to you by Evolve Now. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to be here in studio live with the visionary, the leader, my partner, the entrepreneurial CPA, Garrett Wagner. Drew, that's some fancy wording there. I appreciate it. Yeah. Even right now, we are in studio. We're actually live together in the same place, which is pretty rare. Luckily, we live in New York. Some say, like you, that I live in Canada, but I don't. (laughs) I'm a a U.S. citizen, and I'm happy to be here because now is such an amazing time in the accounting profession. Like we've been talking about, but accountants need a lot of help to get from where they are into the future. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's the reason why we're doing a podcast such as this and creating content you know, that, that you, you're one of the first people, I would say, to really be trying to take content you know, a few years ago and start to bring it forward. And now we're really trying to focus on actually evolving that content into the future. Yeah, and that's why if you look at our professions change so much, the world's changed so much, do we really want to continually read like another article, another article, another kind of boring <laughs> webinar, like you see yeah, I mean, from there, like <laughs> we still need to learn every day. And I talk yeah. about a lot. We gotta love to learn and invest in yourself every day. We talk about that all the time. If you've heard me live or see me speak at a webinar or some of the social media stuff, you know I'm always talking about that. But we want it to be fun and interesting. We can't yeah. just be like, ah, I'm not going to worry about learning, and I'll, I'll do some CP in December. Yeah. People that are successful learning every day, and we really never embrace that as a profession to begin with, it's time we got involved in That's what we're trying to do here. Bring more interesting, dynamic content to the profession because, as everyone knows, I love this profession. I love what we do. But we need help evolving from where we are today. It's time to bring some... Bring some cool back. Yeah, yeah. You probably can say it better. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, is you know, it's funny you talk about like the articles and the magazines and stuff like that because I mean, sure, I have subscriptions to a lot of these, as I'm sure many of you have, you know, subscriptions. But how many articles are anybody is anybody actually reading, and how much content are people actually consuming from these sort of boring, you know, FASB update or tax code update? And yes, you know, it is important, it is necessary to know, but. Uh, it's being delivered in just such a dry and sort of boring area, which I, I would say that's the reason, especially people in my generation, our generation, um, aren't consuming as much just because it's, it's not interesting. It's not engaging. And there's so much content out there. You know, content yeah. is, is sort of a, a commodity now at this point. It's not some sort of thing reserved just for people in a nice studio to to get to do. But anybody with a, you know, with a TikTok and, uh, and, you know, any kid can become, you know, a celebrity and create content and it's available for consumption of all ages. So, well, yeah, that's then that's the ultimate rub with all this content. And I'm sure we all feel this. We're trying to look up an answer online. There's so much content, but what's the right answer? What's that right content? Okay, anyone with a smartphone can put something out there. It doesn't mean it's right. Just like right. you can research a tax issue online. You can find a website that's got advice. It doesn't mean it's good advice. It just means someone spent time like putting it on a web page because of their personal opinion. So yeah, that's part of that content. How do we help bring really, really good content? Not just content, but the information that we need as a professional. And it's part of what we'll talk about this too, of like our role as professionals has changed so much. Mm. I think we're all starting to feel that 
you felt that as your career has changed. Yep. You know, none of us got into accounting being like, you know what? I want to be an accountant. Like my dream, and I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, was I was like, not. To be an accountant. It was, well, you know, like me, I like math. I like numbers. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not really outgoing. Like this is, yep. people say get into it. But it's changed so much, and now we can we can do so much. But how do we do that? It's one thing to say we need to do more. It's one thing for me to go up here and talk about innovation and advisory services and being proactive. Some of my favorite buzzwords. <laughs> yeah, it's another thing to buzzwords. say like, yeah, like, well, how do you do that? Like, how do you go from I did their tax return mm -hmm. to I'm doing their strategic plan? It's like yep. you can do that overnight, and it takes a journey to get there. Right. So, so I think like it's interesting because, you know, I, I always say I didn't, I didn't pick accounting. Accounting chose me. It was just one of those things I was good at. I had a really funny teacher. Uh, you know, I just, I just felt like it clicked. You know, debits and credits, it was black and white. It made sense to me. It was secure. And I went into it. But I had this more dynamic sort of personality and I felt like there was more to do with it. But, you know, to, to evolve into something where you're talking about, you know, doing strategic planning as opposed to just inputting numbers and in, in, in taxes and, and just doing a checklist of an audit procedures and stuff like that. What's the way that, that accounts are actually able to, to get that? Because I feel like accounts typically don't have those types of skills. And I, I don't know what, what your perspective on the current accounting landscape is of sort of like the type of skills that accountants are being taught, but it doesn't seem like they're necessarily always being taught those types of things. Everything always seems to be audit and tax focused. And that's that like legacy educational system. It comes to the legacy way the CPA exam is written and the tests. And I hear some of my peers talk about this and the college professors and the AICPA, CPA Evolution Committee. They're all kind of asking those questions because in the past it was always focused on like technical skills, technical skills, you know, audit, tax, um, business environmental concepts, those pieces, which are important, but you're leaving out so much more that we need to do it. Yeah. Um, and that's where I've talked about this sometimes. In my life, I saw this like 10, 15 years ago. Okay, I see where the profession's going. I don't see anybody that I work with that I know that looks like they're getting there. So I spent a time reading all things that I could find anywhere about how to be a consultant, a coach, an advisor, soft skills, interpersonal skills, leadership skills, because I saw that I needed those things. Um, and I jokingly say sometimes, yeah, a lot of people gave me a really hard time for a very long time yeah. that I was doing that. Like many, many partners would swing by my desk and be like, what are you doing? Like, why are you spending your time on soft skills? This is a complete waste of your time. <laughs> you know, luckily I got that one right. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like at this point soft skills were a waste of my time. It allowed me to be here and to do this. I spent a lot of time learning those, but that's what we need. We call it soft skills, success skills, professional skills, whatever you want. Communication, leadership, vision, strategy, problem solving, those are what we need to get into, yeah. but it takes time. But the positive thing, though, is if you look at it, I talk about this sometimes, they're all skills that can be taught. Mm -hmm. Just like you learned at some point how to do a balance sheet, yep. right? And then you learned how to do a consolidated balance sheet. Right. Seemed complex at first. Yeah. Now you can do it. I bet at some point you didn't know how to do a deferred tax calc. Mm -hmm. Now you can probably do that pretty easily. Right. There's no difference between the hard skills and the soft skills. They're all things we can learn. As humans means we can learn all kinds of things. And one of the things that helps me feel better about that is my daughter's now six. You've been seeing her yep. around the house. Yep. Um, but you can see how kids learn, and like there's so much she can't do today yep. that she's going to learn how to do tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And that's how we are from little kids. Mm -hmm. We are constantly learning and going. We build new and different muscle memory. 
but we kind of started this blank slate. Yeah. And that's those same things in the soft skills. And that's why a lot of the big like consulting companies, you're familiar with those, you know, from New York, mm -hmm. you know, they hire kids out of college. Those kids don't have all these phenomenal soft skills. They're no different than you. Yeah. They might be one of your peers at where you to school. They just got a job at XYZ Consulting Company. Maybe they got a job you know, at XYZ Consulting Company and you got a job at Grant Thornton. Right. The same person, the same skills. You both went to undergrad for accounting degrees. Mm -hmm. They got trained to do, be a consultant. You got trained to do audits. Mm -hmm. And there you go. Yep. You're both able to get there. Yeah, you know, I think the, the one of those things about the hard skills and the soft skills, and, and I think this is the way I sort of see the future being, is that they need to be viewed more as just professional skills as a whole. You know, it, I, I've taught myself how to, you know, edit music videos or, or make, mm -hmm. you know, do, uh, do editing for some of my music and my songs, even learning some Photoshop and getting skills that typically you wouldn't think of for an accountant. And it, and it reminds me of a funny story where uh, when I first started in accounting, it must have been my third month there. And one of the younger partners who was a little more attuned to getting people to follow their passion, and I really appreciate it, he came up to me one night and he's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I, I don't know, I'm working. He's like, no, like, what are you doing in accounting? I was like, I, I don't know, like, getting my hours for the CPA? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know, like, what answer are you trying to get out of me? Like, like oh, I'm you, here to be partner, you know? Yeah, like, you're literally saying, like, why am I here today? Like, yeah. yeah. And he's like, no, he's like, you're too creative to be doing this. And, I, and, and it's one of those things that left, you know, an, an impression in me where he was able to recognize that I had skills that could go beyond just accounting. And he encouraged me to use accounting as one of the things that can be leveraged. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people in the profession don't necessarily recognize that they have that ability to do, whether, um, you know, accounting is a skill that a lot of people do not have. And if you can tack on these other, and I don't even want to call them soft skills, I call them professional skills mm -hmm. that, that enhance your, and improve your value, increase your value as an employee or as a leader or as a manager or in any, some, any other sort of capacity, I think by having those additional skills, it, it, it makes you whole. And then I think that is one of those things that can that can be leveraged and used so that you're not simply just somebody who who's does monkey work or does bot, you know robotic work. Mm -hmm. And that's some too when you look at the entrepreneurial CPA program I created of how do we teach accountants to be entrepreneurial CPAs? So you're an advisor, you're a consultant, you're a coach to your clients. You know, there's eight key skills. One mm -hmm. of the key skills is your finance knowledge, your accounting knowledge, because that is like you said right. a critical skill. And if we look at other you know, if you think of any consultant you know out there, a lot of them are great with the flash. They can come in a room and light it up and talk about this and about that. And you can do this, and you can do that, mm -hmm. and all those things. But they can't connect it all the way down to details of like cash flow, budgeting, projections, debits and credits, taxation. It's all up here. Yeah, they're all substance, all flash with no substance. We're the opposite way. We've got a ton of substance. Right now, we've got zero flash. We yep. need to take that substance put those other skills on it and it's going to make us way better consultants people in the marketplace today we can tie it back to like what are your financial goals right okay if this is going to improve a five percent increase in your bottom line here's the tax impact here's the impact to you personally here's how we need to change that right and really look at that at that tank, tang tangible concrete level that the consultants can get into so you made a key key point there our accounting knowledge is so pivotal we don't want to move away from that right but we've got to start building upon it. It can't just be 40 hours of CPE every year of tax updates. Right. We've got to move past that. Mm -hmm. But in order to move past that, it's got to be fun and interesting. We, we want to learn something right. to do it. So how do, we, how, do we, how do we get there? What, you know, 
obviously, you know, we have this image of what the accounting landscape currently looks like. It's, it's kind of stagnant. It's been where it's been. Uh, you know, it's people go into accounting because they're like, well, I'll make good money. It's a solid job. You know, it, it'll always be there. Um, yeah. How do you how do you sort of usher in this sort of new wave? We got to change. I mean, what you can call it innovation, disruption, COVID. It's changed. Like we've got to change how we operate today and accept that we're going through some hard years of transformation. If you look at any scholastic journal on change, consultant talk about change, whatever it is, there's a hard period when that change happens. From going from the legacy product to what's new. And we've got to move through that and recognize disruption, change is going to happen. Mm. It's just part of it. But it's it's okay. Without if we don't include that period of disruption. We can't come out on the other side. Right. We can stay as we are, and our, our firms or organizations can struggle more. We can have staffing issues, succession issues, technology issues, COVID issues, whatever it is. We've got to embrace that change and that disruption and get through that to start to come out the other side. Right. So without that, you're going to be stuck where you are today, six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, stuck in Groundhog Day. Wonder why, what do I do next? You know, why are there less people here? Why can't I attract talent? Why can't I grow my firm? You know, why when I try to sell my firm, it's worth less today than it was five years ago, mm. and now I feel trapped? You got to go through that period of disruption. That's something I talk about. I talk about with my peers and all the shows that we do. Of, yep. Now's the time to go through that period of disruption. Right. So, so would you say, to, you know, to pivot that into this sort of evolve now concept, mm. uh, would you say that that's what Evolve now is, what it was designed, the purpose? Is this what's needed to usher in this sort of future of content? Because this is, you know, your, your brainchild here of, of saying, like, look, I, I've recognized this and nobody's doing anything about it. Uh, so, you know. Yeah, exactly. Okay, how do we make that happen? To your question, right. how do we make it happen? How do we learn these new skills? Where do we get it from? What do we do? We've got a chance to really usher in the voice of, of the future help them project that voice out to other people, help other people see that so it resonates with them. So they say, okay, yes, like this is, like you, for example, like, okay, wow, this can be exciting to be a CPA and embrace my accounting mm -hmm. side. Like I'm not doing debits and credits anymore, mm -hmm. but I'm still involved in the profession. I'm making a difference. I really enjoy what I do, but it's a different way. Right. Let's show people that we can have exciting, rewarding careers and then guide them along the path with the right knowledge they need to go from where they are in the past into the future, because that's what it's about. How do you get that right knowledge at the right time? Not where you're hunting around through these huge course catalogs. There's thousands of courses, and there's a couple on like some soft skills, and yeah. eh, you know, like mm -hmm. I don't know, this this doesn't seem to resonate. It's like, yep. let's really pinpoint what they need to get from here to the future, right? And let's provide it to them. Keep it fresh. Keep it interesting. Keep it from new and different people along that journey. I think we've created something that can do it in a really interesting, dynamic way. Fun, exciting, education, entertainment, all in one package, focus on getting you from where you are today and getting you ready for that future with the skills you need. Right. So with a lot of accountants in the accounting industry, of course, they've fallen into this sort of pattern of, of just monotony, of, of doing the same sort of thing. So without a doubt, when they're able to get onto the platform, they'll be able to learn those skills that are necessary. But how do you get through to, and, I, and you know who you are, the accountants who do they they're afraid to even even take the step they don't even want to check something out they don't even want to take a look at it uh you know is there a way 
to connect to these people. And I know that you know who you are because I've definitely interacted with you before in the industry, and I'm sure you have as well. And, and a lot of us have, have met these, these individuals who are just so stuck in the past and they just, they, they only want the, the clear ladder that's sort of in front of them. Yeah. So if you look about like, how do you drive true revolution and change? You can't get too focused on like individuals. Right. You got to start to move the needle as a whole and build that mass so there's more people. So they become a, a smaller voice there. And they kind of sit in their office and say, well, you know what? Like, I might still be grumpy around the office, but mm -hmm. I'm going to sit in my office. I'm going to watch one of these, yeah. these CPEs mm -hmm. and start to learn something. We've got to kind of build that collective mass. One of the challenges with our profession, it's so, so wide. There's millions of people in our profession, yep. but it's not super deep. Like, there's, there's the big four firms. Mm -hmm. There's the top 100. And then it trails off. And there's a ton of small firms, solo practitioners, people doing different things. It's, it's hard to kind of get that mass reach, right? which is why we had to come together as a group, share that knowledge, reach out to them. So, so social media, make it fun, make it interesting. That's how the revolution happens. Yep. Slowly moving that needle, building that central mass, but they can't ignore it anymore. At first they ignore it, but kind of stay in their office. And then they're eventually going to realize that now they're in the minority and come along. Right. Yeah, you know, I think I think that's that key element there is that it, it needs to be an industry wide push to go mm -hmm. forward because it's it's not that you're only catering to the big four or the mid sized firms or the small firms or the individuals. It's not just people in tax or audit. These are skills that everybody can use and sh you know it, it should want to learn. You know how to how to be more charismatic, how to network, how to have better relations with your clients. You know, a, a lot of people, especially with, with new generations coming up, have that sort of entrepreneurial drive inside, mm -hmm. though they don't, ever, they don't necessarily always know how to execute on that drive, but they do want to sort of have that be your own boss mentality. And there's a reason why you want to work your way up ranks in a public accounting firm. So that way you can be, you know, in more control of, I'm going to run this audit efficiently based on you know, the ideas that I have. And I'm not going to get bogged down in the formatting of the Excel document. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to be the way I do it. I'm going to prepare my tax, you know, work in a more efficient way as opposed to having somebody triple check the same thing three times when you could just have a computer system run it and you, know, you don't have to, you know, foot it again because Excel's already footed it for you. you know, Drew, I was laughing when you were saying that, not because you were making a good point, but I remember the first job I had in the accounting industry. Um, I was probably witness to the worst in-office fight I've ever seen, okay? And you might think, like, okay, you know, huge in-office fight between two partners, like, probably about money. Like, most people fight about yep. money. <laughs> was it about money? Was it about a client? Was it about a person? It was about as something as simple as what color pencil, which level of people could use on an audit work paper. Oh, my gosh. Worst fight I've ever seen over <laughs> simply, like, how dare someone that's not a partner use, I don't even remember, like a blue pencil. Yeah. Like, you got to, you can only be, blue pencils are only for partners. Like, how is that not more clear that like, and to them it was such a concrete, like, they couldn't imagine any firm anywhere yeah. where that wasn't the rule. Like, blue pencil, partner, audit work paper. Yeah. Because we had a staff that didn't know better and just grabbed a pencil at the supply room and like, right. and that's what started. <laughs> but just that, like, that mentality is not going to be successful. Right going forward so so i guess you know I, th I think you know based on the experience of obviously from that and then and then moving forward in your accounting career you know someone like me i i acted throughout high school i have i come from a family of entertainers so a lot of these sort of creative skills and soft skills 
were almost my calling more so. And like I said, uh, accounting chose me. I didn't necessarily pick it. Um, and I found this sort of way to marry the two. But, uh, you know, you're more of, I think, a traditional relatable sort of CPA. So like, you know, why you went into accounting and then the journey that you took, um, if you could give us some backstory on that and then how you take that to become a, you know, a thought leader in the industry and to be somebody now who's, you know, you had to pivot your own mind before you could focus on pivoting the rest of the industry. Yeah. So that's interesting. I talk about that sometimes. Some, some of my colleagues, like yourself, like in high school, they acted. They were on student body president or council or the morning TV show or, or whatever. They sang, they danced, whatever it was. You know, to me, through a huge part of my life, public speaking was probably the greatest fear <laughs> that I had wow. by far. Um, but I felt this drive inside me from my own personal misery. Mm. Like I really, most of my kind of jobs have been very, very unpleasant experiences. Like I still remember some of those jobs, just like the dread driving to work. And for yeah. me, the dread was always like when I parked the car because I knew like I'm there. Yeah. Like I'm about to walk in. It's going to be eight hours of just like an unpleasant experience and just feeling trapped. And But seeing, okay, well, if we just did some things a little bit differently, like this can be way better. This can be way easier. This can be way more exciting. So it came from that of, okay, I can't stand my job. I don't like what I'm doing. Yep. I'm miserable. But I see opportunity. And I know from my peers that I know, other people are feeling this. Mm. Okay, how do I then, as a person, make a difference? Right. How do I reach somewhere at a firm on the West Coast or Florida or Tennessee, wherever it is? How do I do that? Right. As I kind of looked around, who are the thought leaders in the industry? Well, what do they do? Mm. Okay, they, they write articles, they speak at events, they speak at conferences, they speak in front of a whole bunch of people. Right. Okay, like... To me, it was that hard, hard binary decision. So one of my partners likes to always kind of bring it back to binary decisions. Like, okay, either I can give up on all of this because I'm deathly afraid of public speaking <laughs> and be miserable, or if I feel this drive to make a change, I have to speak in front of people. Okay, if I have to speak in front of people, how do I do it? And that's kind of like the accountant order me. Okay, how do I do it? Okay, ton of Google search, articles, reading, okay. Yeah. To be a good speaker, I need these five skills. Okay, these five skills are broken up of like this, this, and this, and this. Okay, let me read articles on one, two, three, four, five. Right. Let me study videos. Let me practice. Let me practice. Let me think about it. And it's also a little bit of like self-realization. Like we see, and this is whether it's acting or public speaking or anything, like you do some rap videos, and I'm sure your rap video today is a million times better than it was your first one. Yeah. For sure. Like as people, we always see other successful people and assume it was just like easy. Mm. Like no one ever gets to success overnight. Right. Even the greatest athlete, even LeBron James at some point wasn't LeBron James. Yeah. He was a young kid playing basketball that had to get better. But we discount the hard work in that gap that no one sees. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time and energy of my time trying to figure out how do I do this? How do I practice this? How do I get better? And then, yeah, finally one day I had to just like step up and <laughs> just and, do it and do it and just yeah. do it. And it's just really kind of gone from there. But for me, that was that binary decision. I felt this drive to help other people. Yep. Okay, to do that, I've got to get out there and do these type of things. To do that, I can't be afraid of public speaking. Mm -hmm. So you moved into it. The other interesting thing, not to make this go on too long, yeah. even though I never spoke publicly, uh, I ran cross country and track throughout high school and college. Sure. And I found like you know, like a sporting event. Anyways, where I played sports, before you start the event, no matter what it is, 
there's a certain level of like anxiety and stress like before like right. like you're nervous and you're excited yeah like you want to play and compete yeah but you because you want to win but then you know you might lose and you're like oh my god like yeah what if i don't do well what if i don't do what if someone goes like there's that mix mm-hmm. of ramped up emotions yeah which is really pretty similar to like speaking yeah like public speaking mm-hmm. it's that same thing like because it's very visceral like sports game you're gonna win or you're gonna lose yep speaking of play, are you do good or are you do bad yeah very rarely do you see like a tv show and you're like yeah you know that actor was like just so so yeah like, oh, they're really good yeah or they're or terrible, really bad right so I found some comfort with that as I started to do it. That same kind of emotional internal matrix mm. happens from public speaking. And that's a great part of you know, some of those pieces as well, that self-realization and understanding what you're feeling. We do a lot of work with that people on their fears and their anxiety. Mm. A lot of it is just recognizing, okay, what am I feeling? Right. Once you can identify what am I feeling, you can recognize it, reflect on it, and better control it. You know, I still get nervous before I speak. That's another fallacy I hear a lot of times yeah. from other people. Like, oh, no, c- celebrities don't get nervous anymore. Like, mm. successful public speakers don't get nervous anymore. Yeah. That's, that's a load of... That's not true at all. Like, yeah. you still get nervous because it's, it's intense. Yeah. Um, so I gave a speech locally where I live many, many years ago uh, for the, the United Way. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, there, there's some other speaker. He's like, a, he used to live here. He's like, a, he played, played football or something. They're very kind of like flippant in it. And then also this, this large football player shows up. And uh, turns out he, he played for the Rams. He won a Super Bowl with the Rams. Okay. And he's regularly on like ESPN and CNN, MSNBC and like yep. <laughs> all those things. So not just like, oh, he played football in high school. was like, was okay in college. Like, right. He won a Super Bowl. Yeah, he was Bowl. good. And like, not just that. Like, he's been on, he's on TV on like a regular basis. Okay. So I had to go after him. <laughs> but the interesting part, though, was he got just as nervous before he went out there as I did. Yeah. Like, for him, he has to have a stick of regular gum <laughs> before he speaks. And he couldn't find it, and he was freaking out, like, pretty bad. Wow. So it was interesting to see, like, here's a guy that's, you don't get any bigger than playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, like, going on, like, national TV that's speaking in front of 100 people he was still nervous. Yeah. So it's okay. We're going to be nervous. We're going to feel those things. Let's process them. Let's think about it. Decide what we want to do with it and take control. Because we're in yeah. control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, you know, obviously, so I acted throughout high school and college. And, you know, and every single time I had to play, it didn't matter. You know, I was the lead role. I was a small role. Every time, like right before you're about to get on, yeah. you're always like nervous. Am I going to forget my lines? Oh, my God. Um, you know. Is something going to go wrong? And, but as soon as you get out there and you're in the moment, then you, you enjoy it and you love it. You know, you, and you learn. It's like, and it, like you said, with the sports. Like once you actually start playing, mm-hmm. the nerves go away because you're focused on the mission and whatever it is you're trying to sort of accomplish. So that's a, that's a really good part of it. But, if, but not everybody, of course, is going to be you know, up and delivering speeches and whatnot. So how do people you know, who maybe aren't, they're not speakers, that's not necessarily their thing, but how do they brand and how do they become you know, this evolved accountant, this, this advisor of the future. It's really about just thinking about what do you want to do? Like, great point there. Not everyone needs to be this big thought leader in the community, this big speaker of the firm. Okay, that's not you. What is you? Hmm. Are you really passionate about your local nonprofits? Are you really big in your local, like, manufacturing community? Do you really want to focus on a specific thing like R&D tax credits? 
Like, what do you, when we talk about this and we talk about branding, the personal level, what do you care about? First and foremost, what do you care about that's not related to work? Hmm. And can we tie that some way in to this? Yeah. You know, maybe you're, maybe you love boating. You know, you mm-hmm. got a boat, you like yep. to go on boating. Okay, you love boating. Is there an opportunity to bring that in? Like there are a lot of maybe marinas or boat manufacturers or community mm-hmm. or boat resailers or yep. something. Sometimes there's not, but if you can start with that passion, yeah, bring it you up. Know. It makes it easier when you go to those events to talk about boating and be like, okay, I've had this mm-hmm. boat and that boat and my yep. parents have this boat versus to be like, oh, you sell radioisotopes? Like, yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> what those are, but I can do your audit. Yeah. <laughs> I can do your audit cheaper than somebody else can. So like, please yeah. like... Give me your car. Yeah, no, that's a good point because I, I, I'm keen to pick out on those types of things too because yeah. I think they're so important. Like if you go to a client and you're in their office and you notice, you know, I remember I had one client and he had a Knicks basketball up mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I know sports and, you know, I have, this is one of my skill sets so I could talk about sports. So we started talking about the Knicks or the Islanders and whatnot. And so I was able to, to have that connection. It's sort of, and I think they've had like movies about it too where somebody's going in for a job interview mm-hmm. and they notice that the guy is like, you know, he's holding up a fish in a picture and it's like, oh, so you like to fish. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden it's not this whole pressure of like, well, who are you? What are you going to do for the firm? Let's talk compensation. Let's talk job role experience. You're now talking to them as another fellow human and another mm-hmm. person. And I think above all, people want to work, whether they're a client, whether they're um, an employee, whether they're the employer, the manager, they want to just work with people who are real people and real humans and, and not squares, not robots that are annoying, that give you the same standard answer. They're, they're people you can have a normal conversation with. And, and it turns work into more like hanging out, you know, and accomplishing stuff and being productive as opposed to like this sort of like, I have to do this task because I need it in order to make money. So we're accountants. Let's say we do tax returns. Mm. So what's the difference between the tax return and I do? Let's say hypothetically, my- 100-person CPA firm and the next 100-person CPA firm in the same local market. How different is our product to client A? It's probably pretty close to the same, right? It's pretty close to the same. Like, we might bicker fees. Maybe we share the client back and forth over the years. So that's that difference. Can you build a personal relationship with that client? And sometimes it's shared. You both like to fish. Sometimes, though, it's about being a better client service person with them understanding that they fish and know about that. Mm-hmm. So we talk about that with people inside our firm when we train other firms. Like You should know at least two passions about every client. So when you go out there, you're ready, you can communicate it. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm in, I live in upstate New York. Uh, we have a lot of people that like to ski around here. <laughs> I'm an awful skier. Okay. Awful. I snowboard, so. So you're, you're way better. I went, <laughs> I went once last year, which is like the second time in my life yep. since when I was like 15. Mm-hmm. I believe I got up to I, the GPS app in my phone. I was much more tech-savvy than skills. Yeah. I think max speed I got was like 16, 17 miles per hour. Okay. And I feel like I was going fast. Yeah. Um, but I've got a client that loves to ski. And they will almost 365 days throughout the year just be like, oh, it's, it's Thursday. Like, the snow is phenomenal in Budapest right now. Like, we're going. Mm-hmm. So when I talk to them, before I talk to them, I'm always Googling like, where is the best place to ski today? Right. So when they talk about that and they say, like, I got to go because I'm going off to Budapest. I'm like, I can be like, oh, yeah, I heard that. Like, that's really good right now. Like, there's no there to build that personal connection. Right. So it's okay to realize that you're not always going to, like, be in sync with every client. Yeah. Sometimes it's about us understanding them. What is it? They yeah. like to fish? Great. Yeah. Learn a little bit about fishing. I'm not saying... Yeah. 
you hate fish and go out there and like fish with them and clean the fish and gut it and eat it and like be unpleasant, but just understand their passion. Yeah, it's so important. You know, it's I, I feel like it's it's so often overlooked, and it's crazy because everybody knows. You know, networking is everything. It's not about what you do. It's about who you know. And, and that's just like, it's such a common phrase, but yet everybody sort of just, you know, forgets about it. They forget that it's all about, you know, knowing people and, and building that network and connection. Like every job I've ever had is from a connection. It's not, you know, from some random sort of like, oh, I threw my resume out there and somebody's like, I have like the perfect job for you. No, it was, it was knowing somebody who knows me, the type of work that I do. I'm able to build a close relationship with them and you know, I'm, I'm sort of rewarded for it in the fact that like they're able to say, oh, I have this cool project I'm working on or, oh, I have this cool role. Um, and, you know, like you said about with like getting involved with the local not-for-profits, you know, the more things you're involved in, the more people you're connected to and the more things you can relate to because it's all about having that sort of relatability. You don't, you don't want to be making stuff up as if you're like the king skier when you've never, you know, no. when you've never skied before, you know, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm very open yeah. about that. Like, oh, well, I can't, yeah. I can't, even, I can really handle the local bunny yeah. hill. I can't go to Budapest with you, yeah. but like have right. fun. Yeah, you know, and, and so not not to pretending, but being authentic, because yes. I feel like authenticity is is one of those things as well. You know, I, I've definitely had partners at the accounting firms before that just like talk the talk because mm -hmm. they know it's what they're supposed to do according to like the workbooks. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is what you have to do to be a good partner or this is what you need to do to have a good client relation. But it's so textbook that it, it loses all authenticity. And, and the question I it gets down to is at what point do these clients and, and other people start to pick up on like this is just, this is just a, a cookie cutter sort of response. Well, that's where it gets to the clients view it as a purely a transactional relationship. Mm. Great. I don't feel personally invested with partner A. Someone else can do the same exact thing faster, cheaper, better. Yeah. Why should I stick with partner A? Mm. Yeah, I feel like he's a little inauthentic as well. Yeah. Well, someone's offering me 15% off for the exact same thing. Yeah. What do I say? Sure. Great. I can go to another generic accountant with that's off, unauthentic, but at least do it cheaper. Yeah. And if that doesn't work out, there's somebody else in town or out of town nowadays that's yeah. going to do it even cheaper than that. Yeah. So we really got to do that. But to, in order to build those relationships, we need to think about how to do that. And there's actually skills we can have to do that. So it's not just like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. Like, they're telling me to build a relationship with my client. Like, I'm not sure how to do that. Yes. That's what we all feel like when we start doing something. Yeah. Just like the first audit or tax return you did, you were like, oh my, I, I, okay, like, yeah. um, i got to figure this out. Right. Just like that. You can go through a progression and learn how to identify things, key characteristics. It becomes just a new checklist, a new process to get through. Yeah. No, that, that reminds me immediately of, you know, we, one of the things that we were talking about and, you know, I've, I've experienced this where you're always wondering, like, how'd that person get the job? And it's because, well, they, they know that person's dad or mm -hmm. they're friends of the family. And a lot of the times it ends up because it's like, well, look, anybody can do this job, you know, kind of, you know, some people better than others. But, you know, if two people are even, I was like, I'd rather have the person that like, oh, I'll hook up the person I'm friends with or I'll hook up the person who I know, you know, better. And so that's definitely, you know, a, absolutely a key point that I, I, you, see, you see all the time. Yeah. So, so many challenges in the accounting profession and you're probably feeling it, all the listeners, everybody, everybody out there is yeah. feeling it today. Disruption, change, discomfort. Two options. Mm -hmm. so we can make change happen, mm -hmm. do something different, or we can stay where we are. If we stay where we are, everyone knows absolutely what's going to happen. Things are going to get worse than they are today. Really, 2020 showed us that with the disruption of COVID. So many firms mm -hmm. struggled 
to handle it, to deal with it. And that gap between those that are making the change and those that are falling behind just got exponentially wider. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for the, the insight. You know, I think this was ver val valuable for everybody, you know, for myself, uh, for everybody listening. Uh, you know, getting a sort of CPA perspective on the CPA profession and how it needs to change. Is there any final remarks that you really want to let the people know to to evolve forward into this into this sort of future of the profession? Because you know, like I said, this is the flagship. You know, this is what you know. This is what the future needs to get to. We're just putting it out there into the world now. Well, I think two things. Okay. One, I'm excited to watch you continue to interview different people yep. and share their perspective and the unique, unique perspective you bring in, not being a traditional CPA, right. talking to a range of people. I'm going to enjoy it. I hope mm -hmm. others do. And then the second part, I think, is you've heard me talk about this today, and you won't be surprised to hear this. Start today. Evolve now. And there you have it, guys. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We are here with the entrepreneurial CPA, Garrett Wagner. And the rapping CPA, Drew Carrick. That is right. Uh, we'll be coming back. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to talk to Garrett again, and I'm sure you'll see him on some of the shows. And uh, I'm looking forward to interviewing a lot of really cool personalities and diverse individuals within the accounting profession, getting their perspective on events, on the changing atmosphere that is the accounting landscape, and, uh, and really anything else that sort of comes up of interest. So we'll see you next time. This was the CPA Perspective Podcast on Evolve Now. Become the professional you want to be with the innovative knowledge you need. Click the link in the description or go to www.evolvenow.biz to continue on your learning journey. Start today. Evolve Now.